MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bad Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. That's right. Even me with the gross mustache. We are live. And look, I had to shave. You know, I promised that the Bears were going to beat the Steelers that I would do it. They didn't come through. They kind of got screwed by the refs. No shave November. Had to do it like we did last year. And no, I didn't drive my white van to work. Still driving the same car here, but... Going to the Bears game on Sunday. Got to manifest the Mike Dick stash and bring the good luck, folks. So if you hate it, I'm sorry. I understand if you change the channel. But hopefully you stick with us because we have a good show planned for tonight. Sean King, co-host of the Nightcap here on Visa, will be giving us some of his top college football plays in 15 minutes. Sean, very passionate, as we know, about Cincy and their chances to make the college football playoffs. So let's see what he thinks they can do this week against SMU. A lot of people taking the points with SMU, and we'll talk about that game a couple times tonight. After Sean, well, we're going to talk with James Salinas in his regular Friday spot, former Super Contest champ and co-host of the Pro Football Blitz, Saturdays and Sundays, alongside Brady Cannon, who also the former Super Contest champion. He'll be giving us some of his top plays for NFL Week 11. Always love touching on those games with James. I know he's Kind of getting into the player props at this time of the year, too. So we'll see if he's got 
any action in that kind of realm as you know we always do that's how we kick things off and we'll get to that momentarily but don't forget just want to mention our full plays best bets at the end of the show that's going to be 45 minutes away with Danny's Dimes we'll talk college football we'll talk NFL from some of the action we really hit on earlier in the week and some that we have just added progressively and today so a lot to get to here on rush hour let's begin though like we always do heading into the weekend with prop shelf where we go over the top props for the upcoming nfl slate and look guys i mean not the best slate for me personally in terms of which ones i like but i still think there are good opportunities so let's get into it starting with that bears and ravens game now Full disclosure, haven't bet all of these, but wanted to point some of them out in beginning with Justin Fields because this Bears game is a tricky situation. Allen Robinson is doubtful, remember, so that's certainly going to impact at least somewhat how Justin Fields performs, you would think. 211.5 is a passing yards proper scene, about over under minus 115 each way. This is varying at a lot of books, as low as 206 I've been seeing. So keep your eye out in terms of how you want to handicap Justin Fields. But in the seven games that he has started, he's averaging 173 passing yards per game. He's only gone over it once, and that was last game against the Steelers. He threw for 291, 17 completions, 29 pass attempts. What kind of Justin Fields are we going to get in this game? What kind of schematic offense are we going to get out of Chicago coming off of the bye week? Because look, they love running the ball. We know that. You get an extra week of rest for David Montgomery, who was really uh, sufficient in his first game back against the Steelers. But in order, and we've preached this, I mean, in order to beat the teams who are better than you, and the Ravens are better than you, let's be honest, you got to be able to pass the ball, and especially in this good opportunity against the Ravens defense that has been a mess as of late. They have been brutal, and where they've really struggled is against the pass. Okay, that's where their weak part has been as of this point. They rank 24th in DVOA pass defense. They're allowing damn near 300 passing yards per game, 299 to be exact. So why can't Justin Fields replicate the same thing? Why couldn't he get over a measly 211 and a half passing yards? Well, you still have concerns about this offensive line. You still have concerns if Nagy and the coaching staff lets him be himself. But if they see what they, or if they really trust him enough, because look, 49ers, he did better. Steelers, he did really well. Why not trust him at this point in the season? You have nothing to lose, and in order to win this type of game, you have to let Justin Fields sling the rock. So look, again, Allen Robinson, how much of an impact is that going to be? Uh, to me, it's not that significant, truthfully. I mean, he has been nowhere to be found this whole year, and I know he contributes more than actually just catching the ball. It's, you know, deflecting and kind of taking away some of the top defenders. And look, the Bears added to the receiving core in the offseason. He's still got Goodwin, who's going to get more reps now, and Bird, and we'll see what kind of impact they can have. But Allen Robinson being out, if you like certain bets before that news and they pertain to, back, to backing the Bears, I don't think your opinion should really change that much. I mean, the line is going back up in favor of Baltimore. Okay, I don't think that's warranted based on Allen Robinson. If it's because of other reasons, Khalil Mack, we assume, was going to be out anyways, even though he's out for the year. I don't think it should affect it that much. So I think it could be a good buy low spot for Justin Fields against a weak secondary in Baltimore that has completely struggled in the second half. Or I mean, it's not the second half, but really in these last few games that they've been involved with. So Justin Fields in the passing game could be a good look. Also with his feet, what can he do in the ground game? He's been killing it the last four games, and we got a rushing yards prop of 34.5 for Fields. 
over under minus 115. And look, like we said, Justin Fields, the last four games, he's averaging over 57 rushing yards per game on about eight carries himself. He's gone over it in all those games. Overall, I mean, in the seven games he started, he's still averaging over this, 36. But again, he's finally being mobile. He's finally improvising, and they're letting him be mobile. And that's how he can truly become the quarterback that he needs to be is when he can play loose. He can play free, and he can make magic happen out of thin air. And he might have to even now with Robinson out. I know I'm saying it's not going to be that big of an impact, but in terms of him having to create space, having to create some kind of momentum, the way they've had success offensively is when he has done that. So you got to think that's going to be the same recipe against Baltimore. Now, granted, Baltimore is really good against the run. I mean, they're allowing about just 4.2 yards per carry. It's a little bit different when it's the quarterback, though. You got the defenders going back, be scrambling and feeling pressure, which the offensive line allows that to happen plenty. Uh, Field is averaging about five and a half yards per carry. So I think if you look Fields over his rushing yards, that could be a viable option as well. Now, also, if you look around a little bit, you can see passing and rushing combined about 250 and a half. It seems to be creeping up. If you're not as confident in one versus the other, think he might go off in one of those areas versus the other. Maybe a little bit of comfort could be the passing and rushing combined. I wouldn't go above 255 and a half, but something to consider would be combining those. But I do think Justin Fields has a good passing effort in this game against Baltimore, and I still think he'll do enough to get over his rushing yards mark. So I have not played any of these yet, but I think it's something to strongly consider with Justin Fields. Now, sticking in this game, let's talk about David Montgomery. Man, this rushing yards prop has been going crazy all over the place. It was as low as 55 and a half. Bet Rivers had 58 and a half. Now it's bumped up to 61 and a half for David Montgomery and his rushing yards. Over minus 113, unders minus 115 for Montgomery, who at this point in five games is averaging 74 rushing yards per contest. He's gone over 61 and a half in three out of five games. The two he didn't go over, well, it was that massive a game against Cleveland where the Bears offense literally could not generate any positivity. And then against Cincinnati, when they played the Bengals, they won. He missed it by a yard, got 61 rushing yards himself. So Montgomery looked good when he came back against the Steelers, who have a pretty solid run defense themselves. Again, Baltimore, they're allowing just 88 rushing yards per game. They ranked 15th in DVOA run defense. So, yeah, that keeps me a little bit hesitant on wanting to bet Montgomery over. If it somehow dips back down, if we get this, like, 59.5, maybe even 60.5, I might entertain playing it over. I'm holding off right now, but, look, the Bears still love to run it regardless of what the situation is. That's just their philosophy with this coaching staff. So that's why it always causes myself, and I'm sure a lot of people, to be a little timid when we're looking to fire these prop bets, especially on overs. But... Montgomery probably, despite the Ravens having a good run defense, I still think he can find a way to muster up enough yardage to get over his prop mark of 61 and a half. So again, waiting to see where this number trends toward, but Montgomery probably going to be a big focal point, as he typically is in this Bears offense. They want to establish that right away. All right, let's go with another running back. In this prop, I actually did pull the trigger on. Let's talk CMC. That's Christian McCaffrey, folks, and his receiving yards mark. 45 and a half over under minus 115. I played the over here for Christian McCaffrey. He's reuniting with Cam Newton. The familiarity is there. And hey, how sold are we on Cam Newton? I get it. He had two highlight plays in the seldom action he saw. But look, it's still Cam Newton who was not good at all last year. So let's kind of chill on him a little bit. But, you know, the pressure might be there. He might be feeling 
you know, kind of, I don't know, and I don't want to say timid, but for him, the easy, safe option is dumping it off to Christian McCaffrey, doing those checkdowns, which they used to do so much when they had the tandem back, what, a couple seasons ago. And even aside from that, at this point, Christian McCaffrey, he's averaging 68 and a half receiving yards per game. If we are omitting the game, he left with an injury against the Texans. He's averaging 68 and a half receiving yards, and he has gone over 45 and a half in all four games that he has played. Look at their opponent also. I mean, Washington, this ain't the same defense that we saw last year, that's for sure. And where they really slack is in the defensive part of the game against the pass, and they rank 29th in DVOA pass defense, does Washington. Christian McCaffrey is pretty much a receiver out there. I think he had 10 catches in the last game against the Cardinals. Again, even if it wasn't Cam Newton as quarterback, but I honestly think because Cam's quarterback, that's only going to bode even more so in favor of Christian McCaffrey getting action in the passing game. How strong is Cam's arm? That was a concern two years ago. That was a concern last year. It's easy to dump it off to your best player, Christian McCaffrey, so I'm sure they will do the same, and I think you take advantage of a mark he's gone over in every single game that he's played fully this season. So look for Christian McCaffrey over 45 and a half receiving yards against the Washington football team. That's the play that I did make as of now for the props. And like I said, you know, I'm waiting to see how some of those other ones move. But if I end up playing them like I always do, I'll tweet them out before kickoff at Danny Burke 5 where you can follow me on Twitter. Stick with us here, though, on Rush Hour. Coming up next, Sean King, former NFL player and co-host of the Nightcap here on VEASAN, will run through the college football slate with some of the top games for tomorrow. Afterward, James Salinas, former Super Contest champ, he'll talk some NFL games that he has played, looking to play, and hey, hopefully some player props he can dish out to us as well. So a lot more still to come here on Rush Hour on this Friday evening. Thank you for joining us, but keep with us here because Sean King joining us next. Great college football content coming your way. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and of course, the Big Apple, New York, with your host, Will Hill. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available. Get hooked up five episodes a week, local sports betting content. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Joining us now to talk some college football, Sean King, ladies and gentlemen, at Real Sean King on the tweets. You can catch him co-hosting the Nightcap, uh, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, right here on VEASAN with Tim Murray. And, Sean, I know you love yourself some college football, and we have a very exciting slate to look forward to. I believe the last time we had you on, we were talking about Michigan State the team that you were very interested with in their season and how they were progressing consistently. And look, a very kind of, I don't know, I, I think it's an open opportunity here against Ohio State. I know the public's loving Michigan State taking the points here against the Buckeyes, but uh, to me, you know, if they keep controlling time of possession enough with Gainwell, like I, I just think, or Kenneth Walker, excuse me, I just think that they can keep this somewhat close against the Buckeyes. But what say you for this matchup? Well, I have Michigan State 85-1 to 1 to win the Big Ten. So, I need them to do more than keep it close. I need them to win outright. <laughs> and a lot of people might look at that and say no chance. And I get it. Ohio State's got the best passing attack. 
in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country, and that's, you know, probably the weakest part of this Michigan State defense. But when I went and looked back at Oregon's win at Ohio State, I think it was the second game of the year, C.J. Stroud in that passing attack threw for 484 yards. But Oregon still won 35-28 to 28 because they controlled time possession. They ran the ball for over 250 yards. So if Michigan State can mimic that game plan and hopefully get a couple you know, bounces to go their way, whether it be a fumble or interception or some kind of explosive play or turnover created through special teams, then I think they have a chance to win. I'll have a small money line bet on Michigan State. Uh, I'm, I'm – I have the big bet. I believed in them. I'd feel a lot better, Danny, if uh, Naylor, the other elite wide receiver that Michigan State has, was actually playing in this game. But he's not because he's injured. But I, I haven't come this far to lose faith now, so I'm going to stay with Sparty. Yeah, I love it. 85-1, to 1, baby. Man, you'll be sweating that one out. So, hey, hopefully you're getting upset there. I know. <laughs> a lot of Big Ten fans, I'm sure, would be happy to see Ohio State go down, unless they kind of want to see him in the college football playoff. But, hey, you know, we'd much rather see you hit your 85 to 1, Sean. Uh, Sean, another team that I know you have been very invested in on a consistent basis, you and Tim are always John back and forth, it's Cincinnati. And this week they're in a matchup against SMU, and this is a spot a lot of people, maybe not thinking that the Bearcats fall, but are going to have struggle covering in this game. It went from 11.5 down to 10.5. How do you feel about the Bearcats in this matchup? I think this is an extremely, extremely ga uh, uh, dangerous game for Cincinnati. You know, Tanner Mordecai and this SMU offense, I mean, they are really, really good. He's thrown for 37 touchdowns on the year and 3,200 yards already. And, I mean, when you just kind of look at what SMU's been able to do offensively, you pull up their schedule – and I'm trying to pull it up here so I have it so I can give you exacts. I mean, they've scored 55, 37, 55, 31. So, I mean, they're putting up a lot of points. And, you know, any team that can score a lot of points against Cincinnati kind of makes me nervous because the Bearcats have been so hot and cold on offense. And, you know, granted, I think their defense is college football playoff caliber, but offensively there's a lot of inconsistency there. So, I – hope everyone got the better number the 11 and a half but I wouldn't be afraid to take the nine nine and a half I think that you said it's, it's dropped down to because I think SMU will have a chance late to win this game outright and it'll come down to Cincinnati having to make a stop yeah I'm kind of with you here too I took a little piece of the 11 and a half earlier with SMU and, and you're right I mean look the public sees this they see Cincinnati thinking why are they only laying this much but as you just mentioned you look and what SMU has been capable of doing offensively, and, man, they've got some talent on that side of the ball. So I think that one's going to be a little bit closer than the spread indicates. What do you think about this next matchup, though, Sean? I mean, Clemson and Wake Forest, to me, Clemson's been an impossible team to kind of figure out. I, and the easy thing to say is that they're obviously just really not that good. And on the other side, Wake Forest, they have been a lot of fun to watch, but can they have a chance to win this one outright maybe? Plus 165 on the money line, or would you even just, you know, be a little bit safer, take the four in the hook with the Demon Deacons, or are you putting your trust in Clemson? Well, Danny, I don't want to toot my own horn, but genius needs to be recognized. So I'm, I was on the nightcap, new to the company, and I told everybody that would listen that Clemson was a 9-3 and three 
type of team this year. And everybody laughed at me and told me I was crazy. And I didn't know what I was talking about. And I actually was wrong because I think they're more like an eight and four team. Cause I like <laughs> Wake Forest to win outright. I just think uh, Sam Hartman and that offense are too good. They have too many weapons. They're running at such an efficient and, and high output from a production standpoint. And you look on the other side of that, even though Clemson, you know, they've got a good defense, but they've had a lot of injuries. They're, they're not at full strength. And, you know, I don't think you need to get in the 30s to beat Clemson. I mean, anything in the 20s, and I think, you know, you're right there, you know, on the cusp of victory. So I don't think they can shut Wake Forest down, and I don't think they can win a shootout. You know, I'll say this, you know, if I had an opening, whether it be USC or LSU or any of the other jobs that have come open, come open Dave Clawson would be somebody that I would look very hard at because he's done a really good job there at Wake. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people are liking Wake Forest here, and I don't hate the idea of taking the plus money for them to win outright. Clemson's proved to us that they can't really be relied upon, and Wake Forest has been a force to be reckoned with. So I'll look to probably be and taking Danny, the points Danny, there. Yeah, go ahead. And, Danny, I'm the CEO of the Dog Pound. So I have this rule. If you like a dog that's a six-point or less dog, more than likely, if they cover, they're going to have a great chance to win. So I generally will go with the money line if they're under a touchdown in football. Hey, I love it. If you're going in, you might as well go all in. I don't hate that philosophy whatsoever, Sean. Uh, hey, let me give you a huge dog here, though, because this game is its not necessarily interesting talent-wise, but I think situationally. And we're going back to the Big Ten. We're talking Rutgers and Penn State. The Nittany Lions lane 17 in the hook. I think this may be a little bit too much. I, I can't fully go in on it because trusting Rutgers seems very hard to do, but I just think they could keep this a little bit closer. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, you know, I always get on Tim for, like, betting on bad teams. <laughs> and the hard part about this game is I just don't know and I agree with you in a, in a lot of ways, Danny. I don't know what Rutgers is going to show up and what Penn State is going to show up, you know. So this is a game, if you like a side and you feel like you have a good reason for liking that side, I wouldn't be hesitant. You know, I don't see Penn State beating Rutgers by 18 or more, but, you know, who knows? Sean Clifford is kind of, you know, great one week and terrible the next. You know, he's kind of a frustrating quarterback, I guess, if you're a knitting lion fan and that you just don't know which version of him is going to show up but you know I I, I, I don't have a strong opinion here I, I wouldn't talk anybody out of either side all right Sean we got about 90 seconds left what are some other spots that really made the top of your list that you're looking forward to betting or watching tomorrow well I'm glad that you asked me because people still have a chance to put this bet in my number one play of this weekend in college football was Air Force to beat Nevada tonight. And this line opened at plus one and a half the Air Force, and now it's all the way to minus one and a half Air Force. So if you take them, I take them on the money line, but I like Air Force to win this game. I just think that options are always difficult, you know, for good defenses to prepare for. Nevada, in this case, has one of the worst run defenses in college football. I like Air Force to get the win. I love it. All right. I might have to hop on that with you, get some Friday night action. And then, Sean, really quick two, before we let you go, about 30 I, I, seconds. Two, 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 two more letdown games. I love TCU minus the 21. Kansas coming off of that big win 
at Texas. They'll lay an egg. Jerry Kill, interim coach at TCU, wants to get a permanent job somewhere. You'll get the best that TCU has to offer. And I love Navy, the cover versus ECU. It's senior night. Navy doesn't lose on senior night. I'll be on the money line, but for you guys to be safe, take the plus four. East Carolina's coming in after the win last week versus Memphis made them bowl eligible. Oh, there you go. Sean, you're the man. Appreciate the plays. We'll be sweating them out with you together. Enjoy them, and we'll look forward to talking more college football as the season progresses. Take care, my friend. All right. All right, Danny. Enjoy your weekend. You got it. Sean King, folks, at Real Sean King on Twitter. Great content from his tweets. And on the nightcap, him and Tim Murray take you away 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, right here on Beeson. Love talking college football with Sean. He knows what he's talking about. So, hey, might have to jump on that game tonight. But we'll see what James Salinas is hopping on for football in the NFL coming up next. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. Decent Black Friday offers here and right now when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the Decent store. So get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy Decent sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. But hurry because this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift all at vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. All right, welcome back to it here on vsin, the sports betting network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, we are live here in Des Plaines, Illinois, the Rivers Casino, specifically in the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. People are already sweating out college basketball action. We got college football to look forward to tonight. Thanks to Sean King giving us some action for this evening. But let's look forward to Sunday and a man that helps us dissect that slate with some of his top plays, former Super Contest champ and co-host of the Pro Football Blitz Saturdays and Sundays, it's James Salinas. And James, let's get right into it. Always a pleasure having you on. I know you got some interest in this Colts and Bills game. This spread has really been stuck at about seven, kind of flirting with seven and a half. Are you looking at a spread or a total for this game or maybe interested in a player prop? Actually, a couple of them. So let's talk the game first at the side. I'm on the Colts plus the seven here. I think this is a matchup. We know it's a it's a rematch from last year's playoff game, which is a close game. You had uh, it came down to it came down to a, a kind of a hail mary. But they, the, as far as the Colts were concerned, they just lost by three. It was kind of I, I know the Bills got ahead early in that game and kind of a then it became kind of playing catch up for the Colts. But I think this is where the Colts know who they are. And I think at this point now in the season, this game coming up here. For the Colts, this is going to be the fourth consecutive game where all five projected starters coming into the season on the offensive line will actually be out there. And we've seen now this team finally get healthy at the offensive line. We knew that was the strength of this team coming into the season with the injuries, COVID issues, a lot of things going on with this team prior to the season. Well, now they've finally gotten healthy up there and they've been able to establish the ground game. That's who they are. That's what they want to do and be more physical than their opponent for four quarters. And I think here for the Colts, and we've seen that, and who's been the beneficiary of that? It's been Jonathan Taylor. He's been coming on the last handful of weeks. I think the last five starts – 
he's had the last five games over 120 yards rushing and he's also finding pay dirt we know he's got the ability to break the big one so one of the, looking at the side here is kind of correlated with the prop that I'm going to go with so I like the Colts here plus the seven and I like Jonathan Taylor his rush yards are sitting at 73 and a half I definitely like that to go over and I'm thinking about the other side for the bills here now we can get into all the metrics and look at all the numbers and bills rank third def rush defense but We've got to consider, Danny, all the teams. Who have they played? Usually they're playing from ahead. That offense, is, we know, is very explosive for the Bills. And then you look at the competition that they played and the games of how they've played out. They've been ahead in so many of these games, and these are some sad teams that they've been playing against when we're talking about rush offenses. They've been able to play Miami twice, blitz those guys two times so far this season. They played Washington early in the season. They got to beat up on the Houston Texans like the rest of the league has, as well as playing Jacksonville, which they couldn't put up any points against. And then thinking about the one team that they've really played that will commit to the running game. We know what Tennessee is. That's the one team that was able to run all over them, and that was Derrick Henry. Had a monster game on that Monday night game, 140-plus yards, three touchdowns, very physical. And you think about where this Bills rush defense is. Statistically, it says they're third best in the league, but I don't think they've faced a team with the offensive line like the Indianapolis Colts are going to bring with Jonathan Taylor. And a couple of key injuries to note. One, not so much an injury. Star Luatelli, he's really the gap control guy in the middle of that defense for the Bills. He is out with COVID. He will not be in this game. Their leading tackler, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, plays sideline to sideline, one of the fastest linebackers in the National Football League. He missed last week's game with a hamstring injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, was limited today in practice for Friday. Uh, we'll see if Tremaine Edmonds is a go out there. They're going to need him to help control that running game. I think the, the Bills are going to be able – I think the Colts are going to be able to control the line of scrimmage offensively, and I think they're going to be able to do it defensively too. Feliciano on the offensive line for the Bills is still out on injury reserve and Spencer Brown was just put on the COVID list yesterday. They're going to have to move right guard Williams over to right tackle. I think they've got some issues on the offensive line. I think control the, the Colts control both the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football plus the seven. I like it and over with Jonathan Taylor's rush yard sitting at 73 and a half. Yeah, I think the biggest thing there, as you alluded to, is the strength of schedule has not been that tough for the Bills. So, Taylor, you may be getting a better number than you typically would, so I don't disagree with you there. And this number has seemed to get a little bit too high, so I, I think, if anything, it's a good teaser spot for the Bills. Completely understand why anyone would look to take the seven in the hook right now with the Colts, who probably will find a way, especially if they establish that ground game, to keep it close against the Bills. So uh, we'll be looking at that game with you, James. Should be a fun one. Now, what about the Texans and Titans here? I'm seeing a lot of people taking the points with Houston here. Ten and a half is this number. Totals at 45. I guess it's for the fact that, look, you know, the Titans are getting the job done, but it's maybe not the prettiest thing at the end of the day, especially in yards per play and everything kind of surrounding that nature. Well, and not only for the Titans, think about where they've been over the last five games, playing very high-level football and finding the right side, coming out on the winning side. And we see so many teams that are competing week in and week out, but they can't finish and they can't win those football games. That's what Tennessee has done. We want to go back to October where really they started their run. That Monday night football game, being able to have that fourth down stop right there at the goal line against the Buffalo Bills late in the game to win that game and then come around and really just hammer from 
start to finish the Kansas City Chiefs, the big win, overtime win at Indianapolis, and then we know Sunday night football, really big surprise as the underdog when Derrick Henry was gone for the season going into that game, being able to dominate the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. the way that they did, and then a very physical football game that came down to a two-point conversion at the end against the Saints last week. Now you're playing the lowly Houston Texans team. They are coming off a bye, but it's a bad football team. We know that there's devoid of talent on that roster. And then who's looming on deck next week? AFC big matchup against the New England Patriots, followed by a bye. I think right now this is a Tennessee team. I think from an emotional standpoint, they're just not going to – you can't sustain the way that they've played and the energy and the, the intensity that they brought to the last five games. I don't think that sustains and carries over into this matchup here, especially with the massive game at New England playing on deck next week against the Patriots. This is the total. This is one of those sandwiches. It's one of those flat spots, and you can't, you can't see why. I can understand why that number is moving in favor of the Houston Texans of all teams. Danny, right? It's crazy. How are people firing on the Texans? I think part of it is the scheduling spot, but then you got to dig in and look at this injury report, and that's what I was waiting for today for the practice and the injury report. This team is decimated at li- at the linebacker position. They're going to have they're going to be missing three linebackers going into this game against the Texans. They've got some issues at the cornerback position as well as the offensive line. We know they're already short, obviously, with Derrick Henry being gone. He's not going to be out there. And they're, they're going to be missing one of their scat backs coming out there with Jeremy McNichol. He's not going to be playing in this game. So just a lot of things rolling up to say right now how much energy and effort is going to be there, what gas is left in the tank for the Titans. A lot of these guys are going to be out and resting, ready for that showdown against the Patriots on the other side. Now, you looked at the number. It was at 10.5 earlier in the week. Now I've seen a lot of nine and a halfs in the market, at least out here in Colorado. So for me, I missed the best number. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans, not for the full four quarters, because I don't know if I trust them to be able to sustain any kind of consistency executing their offense for four quarters. I'll just take the Texans for the first half plus six, and it's actually a plus number. It's plus 100. So even money on the Texans plus six, they'll be playing with nothing to lose. More confidence coming into this game with Tyrod Taylor back at the quarterback position here. I'll take him for the first half. Don't trust him for 60 minutes. Fair enough. All right, James. 90 seconds. Cards and Seahawks talking about line movement. Seattle getting a lot of love. We know that Hopkins is going to be absent. Still waiting on Kyler Murray, but it seems like it could be a bounce back spot for Seattle based on what we saw this past week. I was leaning towards Seattle, and then more so, I was leaning towards the under in this matchup. Now, I was ready to pull the trigger on this total. You mentioned with the with on the Arizona side, we know Hop, B Hop, or DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be playing in this game. What's going to happen with Kyler Murray? They're very limited in practice, and I think the thing with Kyler Murray is this team knows the Arizona Cardinal knows that they got a long season. They're sitting pretty where they're at in the NFC West. Do they need this game? No, they they basically have control their own destiny with having the tiebreaker already over San Francisco. And if they beat the Rams at home in a couple weeks, we'll have the tiebreaker over the Rams in the NFC West. They have the bye week coming up. It would make sense to me that Kyler Murray does not play in this game. That's where I was leaning on the under. Here. However, just before we're getting on to the show, I'm looking at the practice reports for today that were just released from the West Coast. Couple big DBs on both teams are uh, did not practice and may not be playing. There'll be game time decisions matching up. Something to look into. So I'm going to hold off on this. We're thinking about with the Cardinals. Buda Baker, their best safety, their playmaker, one of the captains of that defense, he did not practice all week with a heel injury, so he is a game-time decision, may not play in this matchup. And then the secondary for Seattle came up with a couple injuries this week. 
with starting corner DJ Reed, probably their best cover corner. He did not practice today. He's game time decision along with safety, do it all. Jamal Adams plays all over the field. He did not practice today either. They both sustained injuries during practice earlier this week. So that gave me pause for concern. I have not bet this yet. Leaning towards the Seahawks plus the two, but more so the under. 48, but I've got to see and make sure those guys are healthy. So I'll be waiting for the inactive reports that will come out 90 minutes prior to kickoff, Danny. Love it. James Salinas, ladies and gentlemen. James, you are the best. Appreciate it, and best of luck. Of course, you can follow James on Twitter at Rounding Again. Catch him coasting Pro Football Blitz Saturdays and Sundays. Coming up next, we wrap it up with Danny's Dimes here on Rush Hour. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups, and they've brought back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And don't forget, they also have their $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaceYourGrouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 532 in Virginia and Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Okay, we are wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour on this Friday evening on Beeson the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, we are live here in Des Plaines, Illinois, the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Great time, as always, if you make your way down tonight for this weekend. Be sure to check it out. Big screens, get your account set up, check out the food. Awesome atmosphere all around. So, look, back to the show here, though, on Rush Hour. It is the final segment. We like to get you prepared for the weekend, so bear with me here. One last segment where you have to see my creepy mustache, but let's get into my best bets for the weekend, which means it is time for Dandy's Dimes. What am I playing for? Well, nothing tonight, but for tomorrow and Sunday. Let's start off with college football for this edition of Dandy's Dimes. Going with the Pac-12, a very popular game to bet on out on the West Coast, Utah, Oregon. Public's loving Oregon here. How is a top four team in the country catching points against Utah? Well, it's because Utah is a different team at home. Utah is a team that, in my opinion, is a little bit, or it's it's kind of the perfect match to go against Oregon, right? And they have the head coaching advantage in Kyle Whittingham, in my opinion, over Cristobal. And there's just, not that there's not, obviously, there's so much to play for for Oregon, but obviously Utah is going in here trying to be you know, the bearer of bad news and trying to ruin the destiny of Oregon. And I just am not sold on this Oregon team. And look, this is kind of a pros versus Joes in a sense type of game. And I'm going with Utah here. Now it opened two and a half. It's up to three, even got up to three and a half momentarily. And it's kind of, well, no, actually now it still is three and a half because it went down. But now it's back up to three and a half in favor of Utah. This total is 59 75% of the bets and 58% of the handle is on Oregon. But the line's moving to Utah, telling you something there. Again, I trust this Utah team at home and with Kyle Whittingham a little bit more so. Now, earlier in the day, instead of laying the three, I actually bet Utah money line minus 155. I was fine with laying that personally because 
at the end of the day, I think this could be kind of a crazy crapshoot of a game that comes down to something wild. So, you know, I just took Utah outright. Now at three in the hook, you know, I, it's minus 165 money line. I'll let you decide from there. But I do think Utah takes care of business. I wouldn't lay the three in the hook. But if you get it at three, I'd still look to laying it there or a better price on the money line. We'll see how it shifts close to game day. But I do like Utah taking the victory over Oregon and ruining their college football playoff chances. Speaking of maybe ruined college football playoff chances, let's go to a matchup that we discussed with Sean King a little bit earlier in the show. Now, I don't really think it's going to ruin their chances, but this team is looking for style points at least, and that's Cincinnati. The Bearcats down to a 10.5-point favorite hosting SMU. And I, like I said earlier, I mean, I took the 11.5 with SMU. Again, you talk about lopsided in a sense. 55% of bets are on Cincy. 62% of the handle is attributed to Cincinnati, but the line is moving down in favor of SMU. If you want more of these stats, of course, go to vsin.com slash subscribe, and you get all of that information for every sport. Tells you the handle, tells you the bet percentage, all of that good stuff to help you get a better idea of where you could maybe look or not look. But just in this game, again, I mean, you know, I know Sean was saying, too, I mean, ideally you got the better number at 11 and a half, and I'm probably going to curse this by saying this, but the chances it falls on 11, probably slim to none. So if you're still getting 10 in the hook, I still think it's a viable spot to take the points with SMU. Their offense is prolific. Cincinnati needs the style points, but they failed to cover in what, I believe, the last four games. They feel the pressure. I don't know if they're going to be able to live up to it in this game. SMU, we talk about the bearer bad news. They're going out there like this is their championship game. And you're giving them 10 and a half points. Again, I took 11 and a half, but would still advocate for taking 10 and a half against Cincinnati. So for college football, going with Utah on the money line, took it minus 155 and took the points with SMU plus 11 and a half, would still take it at plus 10 and a half for this SMU squad. So that's what we're rolling with in college football tomorrow. Let's talk about our Sunday NFL action and let's kind of recap some of the teasers we discussed on Tuesday. Now, these lines have shifted, so it might be a little bit different, but still you can wait to see if you can get it, or instead of an 8.5, you might get a 7.5. But the first teaser that we did was teasing up the Cowboys to plus 8.5 and, and the Seahawks to plus 8.5. Now, in this spot, look, I mean, the Cowboys are missing Amari Cooper going into this game, we found out, and the next for Thanksgiving week against the Raiders because he is unvaccinated and he tested positive for covid but at the end of the day, look, yeah, the Chiefs might win this game. They have the momentum. Tough spot for Dallas. I understand that, but I feel pretty comfortable taking eight and a half points with Dallas, who still has Tony Pollard, who still has Ezekiel Elliott, who still has CeeDee Lamb, who still has Dak Prescott and the better defense. All right, if they can get that ground game going with the dynamic duo of Pollard and Elliott, the Cowboys can absolutely keep this thing within a touchdown. Heck, they can, of course, win it outright. So I feel comfortable teasing up the Cowboys in the spot to plus eight and a half. And then with the Seahawks, look, we talked about a bounce back game for Seattle. I think Russ gets under his feet a little bit more. So the offense is going to be looking better. And you're playing a Cardinals team where Hopkins is out. Murray's a game time decision. And it's also just a division game. So if the Cardinals do have Murray and, you know, they do win the game, the Seahawks could still keep it close enough, I believe to keep it to plus eight and a half. Now we talked about line movements in the Seattle game has moved down to about plus one and a half as of late. It was pretty much plus two up until just now. Seattle's catching plus one and a half, but it's still a good teaser spot, right? I mean, you're teasing a home dog by six from plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half. Would still recommend that. So the first teaser I'm doing, teasing up Dallas to plus eight and a half, pairing that with the Seahawks to plus eight and a half. 
And then I'm also teasing up the Vikings plus 8.5. Talk about a game that has moved a lot despite the public being all over Green Bay. It's down to 1 now. Okay, I'm sure you could get a 1.5 at some point, maybe if you're a little bit patient. But I teased up the Vikings earlier in the week to plus 8.5. Would still look to tease them up to plus 7.5. But at the end of the day, yes, Green Bay's defense has been better despite their injuries. But Minnesota's offense has the talent to be really good on any given day. And we, we talked about it. I mean, Every time we tease them up or you look to, they have covered that in every single game if you were to tease them up to plus 7.5 or to plus 8.5. 9-0 against the spread. They have an average losing margin of what, like 5? And the Packers, if they do win, they have a road winning margin of about 5, somewhere around there. But the Vikings keep every game close. It is unfreaking candy. We talk about it all the time in a, in, a, in a division game. There we go. In a division game, I think even more so, you're going to get Minnesota being able to at least keep it within a touchdown or rather eight and a half. So Minnesota is a teaser option, and I paired that with the Seahawks once again. And then finally, the third teaser I did, once again, had Minnesota up to plus eight and a half. But the new team that I included was the Buffalo Bills from seven down to one. All right, I get it. We were talking about it with James. Yes, the Colts should be able to, I think, have a pretty decent run game and keep it close. That's why I'm not laying the points with the Bills. But this Bills offense and at home, I think, has the big advantage here. Indianapolis, really good run defense DVOA-wise. But passing game, they're not too solid. That's where the Bills are going to expose you. And I think Josh Allen and company are going to do just that. Do I think they win by more than seven? Not necessarily. So that's why I'm taking the safer route and looking to tease down the Bills to minus one pair that with teasing up the Vikings so that's the action I got in terms of teasers we got a couple minutes left let's talk about some of these other angles I'm betting Bears Ravens I like this total going over now I didn't bet the straight up total over because if you look around you had the opportunity and still might to get it down to 43 and a half and only lay minus 125 to bet the over 44 is somewhat of a keyish number in terms of betting totals, right? It could be a 24-20 game, which I'm kind of envisioning here, or like a 27-21 type of game. And even more so, I would play it up to 45 with this total going over. Bears defense the last four games, allowing 31 points per game. Offensively in the last two games, they're actually looking somewhat competent, getting 24.5 points the last two games. Bears over the last three games, averaging 5.5 yards per play, Defensively, they've been a mess. We know Khalil Mack out for the season. They're allowing 6.1 yards per play. Baltimore's defense has been brutal. They're allowing 6.7 yards per play, which is second worst in the last three games. Also, they've allowed 31.3 points per game to their opponents' last three games. Higher scoring battle, or at least enough, to get over this total between the Bears and the Ravens. And finally, going with Eagles' money line. I was considering it all week. Kamara was out at the end of the day, so I ended up adding that one in here. So I'm going Eagles on the money line in this spot. No Kamara. I laid minus 136. Philly's offense is good enough, and I think they're going to be able to get the job done. Uh, not sure why Washington's on there, but I'm not betting Washington, full disclosure. But I am betting the Eagles to round out that list for NFL Sunday. I always tweeted out my official plays at Danny Burke 5 if you want to see it again. But until next time, folks, take care. Enjoy your weekend. Best of luck with all your wagers. Thanks for tuning in to Rush Hour.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.